Welcome to the Inner Glow Getter podcast, the podcast for you, the woman who is pushing the boundaries, expanding your consciousness, and doesn't take no for an answer. This podcast will help you reduce the overwhelm, tune back into you, take back control of your health, embrace your most authentic self, and show up as your most confident, aligned, and powerful you. We do the inner work together through the safe space for you to come learn, grow, and gain knowledge in areas of your life such as body confidence, hormones, feminine flow, money, well-being, spirituality, fitness, and mindset, and so much more. Let's get started. Hi, Amy. Thank you so much for being on the Inner Glow Getter podcast today. Um, would you be able to start with introducing who you are and what you do? Of course. Thank you for having me. I am Amy Rushworth. I am a transformational healing mentor, spiritual coach, priestess, all of the things. I help women to embody a life of wild dreams, deep love, sexy abundance, and healing all of the blockages that stop us from manifesting and creating that. So I am here as a stand for women to create their wildest dreams, free from what they think is possible, what they believe is their potential and creating the path that they wanna create from a place of healing, self-resourced confidence, self-love, prosperity and self-respect. So I do that through many different channels through one-on-one coaching. I have my online membership, Orgasmic Ascension, and group programs and retreats and my podcast, The Amy Rushworth Show. So I wear a lot of hats and I really enjoy it. Amazing, amazing. And um, to give the listeners a bit of a flavor of like, um, how, do, how have you come to do what you do today? And even like, um, I don't know, from like your early 20s to now and also uh, past lives as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I feel like a very old soul and I feel like I've lived <laughs> a few lives even in this life that I'm in. Uh, so in my early 20s, I went through a pretty challenging time. I was diagnosed with PTSD. I was experiencing panic attacks. I was really out of control internally and I was keeping this mask on. So my whole life, and this is a very Leo thing, but (laughs) I was very proud. And so I was really able to kind of keep things together on the outside. And I was living this other double life where I was really struggling. I was addicted to everything. I was addicted to drinking, to cigarettes, to drugs, to men, all the toxic things. And what I was really doing in hindsight was I was numbing myself out. I was repressing a lot of stuff that I hadn't dealt with from my childhood. And that then erupted when I was about 23. Everything came crashing down. The old mechanisms and patterns and compensating and numbing, they weren't working anymore. And I was really put in this position, this rock bottom where I had to address the things that I was ignoring. And so 
that was kind of the beginning of, I guess, like this ascension journey and the beginning of me getting in touch with who I really was, what I wanted to create with my life and aligning my behaviors and my lifestyle to become the woman that I dreamed of being, but I felt so separate to at that point in my life. So very slowly through initially therapy, then personal development, I started to grow and expand and heal. And over, you know, the course of the last six, seven years, I've been able to completely change my life and have been able to create what I would call a life of my wildest dreams now. And I know people say that a lot and they throw that term around a lot, but really, honestly, like if you had told me at 23 that I would be doing what I do now and have the marriage that I have now and the lifestyle and the impact that I get to make through my work, which is pretty mind blowing. Mm. I wouldn't have believed you. I really wouldn't have believed you. And out of all that stuff, like regardless of the actual physical things that I've manifested and all the fancy stuff, I'm genuinely really proud of the person that I am. I know that what I stand for and what I show to the world Mm. is actually who I am, which is hugely different to what I was living and embodying when I was younger it was the opposite of that and so I would say like my journey in a nutshell in its essence has been reclaiming who I really am who I was when I was very very young before the conditioning and the trauma came before I put on the mask and decided Mm. to play some other role and I've really come back to that person so you know, now everything in my life tends to flow kind of easily compared to before. And it's just because I'm done playing the role and I'm being who I am. And I love to teach people how to do that as well and show them that the way forward is to be yourself. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And I love that you mentioned the word mask as well, because that was coming up for me when you were talking about it. And especially, I think many of the listeners will resonate with wearing a mask and that's so beautiful that you can, you don't have to wear a mask. You can be exactly who you are. And you know, that really is possible for, for all women. Yeah. (laughs) And um, what would you say um, has been like one of the um, powerful, like most powerful practices? I know on your Instagram stories, you love to dance and you, we, when we speak, you often talk about bringing it into the body. And would you say that has been one of the most powerful things that has been transformational in your journey? Definitely. I'm still discovering that, you know, I'm a very curious person by nature and I'm still always, you know, going into the next thing and seeing how that lands for me. So I'm cautious never to say like, this is the thing, <laughs> the thing for me might not be the thing for you but I think there are a few things that have been very profound for me in my journey and definitely there was a radical kind of quantum leap when I went from just pure top-down approach from getting coaching and getting therapy and talking about Mm -hmm. stuff to the embodiment piece the somatic piece of like the healing industry and some of those modalities so like I said bringing the integration into the body and that kind of sounds weird and abstract if you haven't done that kind of work Mm. so you're totally new or this seems really foreign to this anyone who's listening um, totally get that Uh, but if you think about it our feelings are physical 
they are in our body. And mm. we tend to think of mental health and the mind and, you know, our thoughts. We think about all of that as being in our head, but so much of our consciousness and who we are and the past is actually in our body, often trapped in our body, manifesting in physical issues. And I'll give you a really uh, interesting example of this. For most of my life, where for most of my life I had undiagnosed PTSD, right? So I imagine that this PTSD started around the time I was 11 when my most serious traumatic incident occurred. So from that age till 23, undiagnosed PTSD manifesting in numbing behaviors and disassociation. Mm. However, I was having physical issues in my body that I never connected had an emotional root. For example, I used to get a UTI probably every week, every two weeks if I was lucky. Like I would literally be able to just slightly heal it and then it would be bad. Mm. I always thought, oh, you know, it's maybe because of like hygiene stuff. And then so I would do everything you're supposed to do. I would drink loads of water and I was still getting these recurring infections. And I would also get throat infections all the time. I would... I had pneumonia a couple of times. I was always getting chest infections. And I always thought, oh, maybe it's because I'm smoking or doing this, and I'm sure that didn't help. But when I started doing more somatic healing practices and I started working with those things just mysteriously went away, right? I haven't had a UTI in years. And that That's was amazing. And you know, <laughs> we'll get into this, but I'm really passionate about teaching women, especially women, you know, who identify as cisgender and have a pussy and a womb that like, if you're getting these manifestations of illness recurring in a piece of your body, especially like in your sacral center, in, mm. your, pussy, in your genitals, look at it, look mm. at the story inside of it, because physical symptoms are showing us something they're revealing something and yes separate to our beliefs and our mind and I think for me that was like the biggest shift in my healing journey and the different things that I've tried and experimented with and on that note one of the most profound modalities that I work with and that I love myself is the rebirthing breathwork method now yes there are different kinds of breathwork methods and I've tried a few of them and they all have like their different strengths and things that are cool, but I really like rebirthing. It is very subtle and gentle, but it takes you really deep and it helps you to integrate your death life cycle, which most people don't even know what that is, right? In rebirthing and... I mean, it can sometimes be a bit controversial because the guy who was like the founder of rebirthing, Leonard Orr, he was like, had some pretty crazy like theories around like infinite mortality, um, sorry, immortality. And anyway, in the rebirthing method, they talk about how, you know, we come into this world and the way that we're born, the way that we're conceived, uh, whether we're conceived consciously, whether we're wanted, what the pregnancy is like what the birth passage is like for the child, all of that imprints on our nervous system and our body mm. and affect the patterns that we engage in throughout our life, right? And so- I'm reading a book about this at the moment and it's blowing my mind, but yeah. <laughs> amazing, amazing. And it sounds pretty wild, but once you get into it and once you see 
the results or better yet you feel the results because you can't always explain these things you have to actually feel them mm, yeah uh, you'll you'll see how powerful it is and so that's one of my favorite things to work with and it's something that I practice with my clients and in my membership because I think it's just one of the most powerful things mm. And how would you describe a rebirthing session? I know you said it's hard to describe. <laughs> I find often um, it is a completely different scenario, but when I've, I've seen the Northern Lights from Iceland and when someone asks you um, to describe it, and it's, it's bloody impossible. So I'm thinking this is kind of similar. But um... yeah, Well, you feel <laughs> born in a way. Uh, it's really different for every single person and it also depends what's going on for you it can be influenced by so many things you know we each have a different blueprint and a different lens and different beliefs different trauma different wounds and depending how many breathwork sessions you've done as well that's going to affect it so typically they say you're going to have 10 rebirthing sessions before you fully break open your breathing mechanism so most, most people don't breathe properly. Most people breathe only, to, uh, you know, a tiny bit of the capacity in which they could actually fully breathe. And they also hold their breath. So they, they pause between inhale and exhale, right? That would just be probably normal to most people. Also, mm. if you look at like patriarchal conditioning around women, women tend to suck their stomachs in because mm. we're taught to. So a lot of people, if you say breathe in, they'll suck their stomach in. But yeah. actually your stomach should expand when you breathe in, right? It's logical. There's air and life force energy going in. It should expand, not contract. And when we go through different experiences in our life where we're scared, where we go into survival mode, where we're uncertain, we've got fear, whatever it is, it can be from anything, we do tend to hold our breath. And what can happen is those memories and that pain or that emotion can crystallize in the body and get stuck. So what happens is when you start to go into a breathwork session and any breathwork session typically does this, not just rebirthing, some of those emotions start to come out, right? Think of it like wow. shaking a tree, right? Shaking a tree. There's a ball in the tree. You can't see. You start to shake the tree and stuff starts coming out of the tree. So it seems really wild until you've actually done breath work. And if you've done breath work, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, the first time you have that breath work session, you're like, holy shit, like what is going on? And sometimes people get quite scared because it can feel like you've taken drugs or you're not in control. And that is the beautiful part about it. It's not about being in control. It's about surrender. It's about letting the breath mother you, letting the breath nourish you, cool mm. your body. And then very physically, it, you can have quite a lot of physical sensation in a breathwork session. So a lot of people get a really weird, almost like a painful tingling in their hands or their legs. So typically in the hands, it makes your hands go like these little crab claws. And sometimes your arms might even move above your head. And you're, it's like you're not in control. Right. Anyone who's ever like taken any recreational drugs, right? And you're gurning, it's like similar feeling to that, but it feels not as nice probably. And what that is, is tetany. And this is when the body goes into a bit of a fear response. So when you start to breathe, you start to feel. Mm. Most of us are terrified of our feelings. Most of us, even if you cry mm. all the time, 
most human beings have been taught not to fully experience the depths of all their emotions Mm. or at least not some of them and for women a lot of the time that's like anger and rage and things like that so when you start to feel it can bring that fear into the body and the cool thing is is that as you keep breathing it does go away and it sort of cleanses from your system Um, and then on the most superficial level of this Breath work is amazing for your well-being. And so you might notice that you uh, have issues that clear up if you're doing regular breath work. For example, when I'm doing regular breath work, my skin is a lot clearer. I uh, My stomach is a lot flatter. It's like I'm digesting things better. They're clearing wow. the system properly. Um, and you also sort of cleanse the body. So I pee a lot more after a breath work session. I sweat a lot more different smells come out of my sweat glands like it's kind of weird sometimes but it is like a detox of the system because you're oxygenating your body and you're letting things go so a whole range of different things can occur these are some of the main ones but also some people have a kundalini awakening in breathwork where they feel orgasmic some people feel really turned on some people feel scared, some people cry, some people feel angry, and whatever comes up in your session is perfect. Even if you feel nothing, it's perfect because it's mirroring something back to you. So I always say that breathwork is one of my best teachers because it really shows me my patterns. It shows me mm. where I judge myself. It shows me where I resist and where I try and control things or where I try and rush to the end of the session. Right? <laughs> it's a pattern that I have in my life somewhere else. So it gives me a cool container to reflect on those things. Mm. I love that there's more and more information coming out about breathwork as well and it's being spoken about more and more like um, I remember when I started to learn about it like um, even even just the fact that it's something that's unconsciously controlled and also we can consciously control it and that's it's only one of the few systems in the body if not the only system I think that you can do that with and that's pretty phenomenal really and then you have that influence into like the nervous system and everything else and calming yourself. And like, even when I stub my toe now, I try to do like a little bit of breath work to just get over it quickly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. totally. Mm. And it really gives you a powerful space to feel your emotions because mm. you have no idea what's going to come up in that session. I can sometimes go into the session and I might be feeling really good and a rage that has been inside of me since I've been five towards my parents, probably just for something random, but I didn't Mm. express it comes through like this burning fire will come through and I get to release it and I get to stop holding on to that. And then like on the other hand, sometimes you might feel really like not great going into a session and afterward you're buzzing Mm. feel amazing you know sometimes after a breathwork session I feel like I can take on the world it's like a total reset for me personally so I'm really passionate about sharing it that's amazing that's amazing and thank you so much for sharing it yeah um and you mentioned like a somatic practice and I think maybe some of the listeners don't know what somatic means would you be able to delve into that a bit more and also um like how you describe potentially you're like were you disconnected to your body before and now more connected to your body yeah for sure so when I'm talking about somatic I'm talking about getting your body involved so Mm. not just sitting and 
writing out something in your journal or not just sitting across from a coach and a therapist and saying, yeah, this is what happened. This is how I felt, you know, which is Mm. helpful, but it's a bottom up approach. And I think the best approaches in life are balanced and uh, integrative and holistic. And so it's like not about disregarding the value of having therapy or the value of having a coach and working on your mindset and talking about it. I think that's really important. It's definitely a big piece of it. But what happens is there can be a disconnect between your cortical mind and the primal and limbic levels of your awareness that live in your body, right? And some of these things live like down low in your diaphragm, which is why breath work really shakes the tree up, right? (laughs) Expanding this place where these kind of patterns live, these survival patterns, the things that really trigger you live there, right? And Mm. it's not always easy to access those things if you're sitting calmly in your therapist's office or sitting calmly across from your coach on Zoom, right? But in the moment when something activates you, you feel that primal animal instinct of like mentally, you're like, I know I shouldn't do this right now, but that animal piece of you is like, and comes out with its pattern and then afterwards the cortical part of you your cortex and your mind your like conscious self is like oh shit I feel so much guilt and shame because I did that thing that Mm. I know is not my higher self and I know that it doesn't serve me and so then it can create this further spiral of emotions where you're blaming yourself so when you integrate the conscious stuff like the journaling and the top-down approach, the talking, the therapy, the mindset stuff, with the body, with the feeling, with movement, with breathing, with yoga, whatever resonates for you that gets your body involved, that's where you get a great holistic approach. And Mm. specifically uh, coaches or therapists who know how to use those practices inside of their coaching or therapy container I personally find that most powerful because Mm. it's like you're bringing together the conscious and the unconscious, you're marrying them and you're healing them together rather than seeing them as separate or divided because they are connected, but often where we aren't healing or where we're seeing a consistent pattern occurring that's not working for us is because those two are disconnected. Mm. So it's about integrating both and many of the feelings and the patterns that we have do live in those somatic levels of the body, right? When you feel angry, you might have your mind going off about why you're angry, but you probably feel it first. You probably feel that fire in your belly. You probably feel that lump in your throat, right? Before you assign the story to it. So it's about embracing both and not just trying to solve our problems through our head, We give Mm -hmm. our brain a lot of credit. We think about the brain as being the king of our body, but actually your body has a lot of wisdom and particularly, you know, women and feminine beings, we have a lot of wisdom in our body that isn't always explainable by logic in the mind. Mm -hmm. Sometimes things are felt, sometimes things are intuitively known. So that's why I think it's important that we shine a light on somatic practices because I think they don't get as much illumination in the mental health industry or the mental health world as the psychology and the therapy and stuff 
often does. Mm. In a way, what was coming to mind was like the body taking the weight off the mind as well. Like we, I don't know how many thoughts we have. Have I heard like 30,000 a day or something like that? 80,000. 80,000. And we are constantly like reprioritizing and that kind of thing. But if you take it into the body, you could, yeah, Yeah. take that weight off. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And Mm. the reason I'm passionate about this is because I think there is a bit of division in the world of healing. And humans love to be all or nothing or this or that. And we're seeing this in 2020, right? Mm. Everyone loves to be right about their way of doing things. And I'm a really open-minded person. I have this thing that's kind of like a blessing and a curse where I can see lots of different conflicting viewpoints and see their validity at the same time, which is kind of cool because I can understand lots of different viewpoints. But at the same time, it's like, I can't fix myself to one. Um, And, you know, the ego loves to fix itself to these known and universal truths. Uh, So I think what I want to share is that sometimes in this world of healing, people discredit some of the holistic methods. They say it's not proven by science. Don't use the yoni egg. That's dangerous. Don't do breath work there's no research around that it hasn't been proven by science therefore it's woo woo therefore I'm not having a bar of that and Mm. what I always want to open people's minds to is like science is amazing right but science has been around for a couple of hundred years Mm. and science is based on what people choose to study right so what people value in a scientific community So just because something isn't proven by science doesn't mean it won't be proven by science because if you actually look at the history of science, there have been many things that have been said to be fact that have been later disproven, right? There have been many things that have been like, this is the truth. And then later they're like, oh, actually, no, that's not true. Uh, Totally. That people have been saying for 5,000 years. Yeah, that's actually true. (laughs) Um, And I also really love people to not completely outsource their power, especially women, just to science, because you are the expert of your own body. If something Mm. works for you, even if they say that's a placebo effect, it worked for you, right? Mm. (laughs) You're the creator of your reality and your body. So I think it's really good to have an open mind and integrate both of these, both of these sides of the coin. Totally, totally. And even within science, not everyone agrees. Like, so, um, yeah, such powerful intuition in our bodies as well. I couldn't agree more. I love that. Yeah. Um, if, um, if a listener is listening today and they're feeling like a lack of connection or a disconnection to their body, what would you say is a good starting point for them? Yeah, I think you've got to go with what is right for you and intuition is in the body right so if you're feeling blocked in the body you might be feeling blocked in terms of intuition so what I would say is start with what are you drawn to maybe there are people that you really resonate with on Instagram and you notice that they all do this certain kind of yoga like you see it like continuously coming up you're like all these people that I like do kundalini yoga and just give it a go you know maybe try out a flow on YouTube in your own home first see how you like it read a couple of books sort of see what you're drawn to Uh, maybe it's a certain kind of meditation if it doesn't work for you then that's great like 
meditation doesn't work for everyone. You know what I mean? I know it's mm. glorified, but for some people that's not actually soothing for them. It's not actually what their body needs. So learn to tune in and trust what feels good for you. And it's not necessarily that like every single healing thing you do should feel amazing and yummy and have no pain involved in it because sometimes the things that we need to do to heal, we're going to have resistance to, but it's learning to at least start that dialogue within yourself of like, does this resonate for me? Am I resistant because I know it's going to be good for me? And just exploring that a little bit and trusting your own inner guidance. And I really do think that breathwork is a fantastic way for people to get intimated with their inner world and their body and their inner self it really teaches you to trust yourself and it really does make you feel quite powerful when you start to break open the breathing mechanism and you get those big breakthroughs and those come from anything other than your own body in a drug or plant medicine or something that is making you feel that way you're igniting that internally within yourself and i feel like that can inspire a lot of confidence and that sense of sovereignty and that sense of power especially if you've been feeling disempowered in your body whether that's because of body image or you have a chronic illness or you had a traumatic pregnancy or traumatic birth these can be really powerful experiences for reclaiming that body sovereignty and the other body of work that i'm fascinated by and that i love is exploring your pleasure centers so doing work around tantra doing work using the yoni egg uh, dancing self learning about your pussy, learning about your erotic blueprint, learning about, uh, you know, what you like and learning how to feel safe. I sort of love to take my clients on that journey, but it is a really empowering journey to go on if you do want to go on a deep healing journey. It's not just about sex and orgasms. It's about reclaiming pleasure in every area of your life. Mm, I love that. And what is an erotic blueprint? Yeah, well, I mean, different teachers explain this in a different way. I think there's actually a body of work. What I mean by that is different people have different ways that they get off. So most of us have been taught about sex and sexuality and orgasms and pleasure either from sex ed in school, which mm -hmm. I really don't think is very empowering, especially not to young girls, or pornography. And there is now, you know, co more conscious porn that is emerging, but typically like pornography has not been the most empowering industry in terms of the narratives that we have around, uh, you know, sex. It's typically oriented around uh, the pleasure of cisgender males and uh, domination. And, uh, you know, there's a huge rise in uh, women who have had plastic surgery to their vaginas in the last, oh, sorry, their vulvas in the last couple of decades because, you know, there's this Barbie doll pussy that you see. Mm. So if you want to look for a woman's vulva on the internet, you won't find just a normal, beautiful image available because it's censored, but you can find all of this porn all over the internet. So 
it's not saying that porn is negative, but it's saying that our reality or our perceived reality around sexuality is skewed by these different influences. It's not a holistic education that we're getting. Mm. So many women think that they need to perform a certain way in the bedroom or they need to please their partner uh, or they need to do things a certain way or look a certain way, right? Rather than actually learning from a young age what turns me on, what makes me wet, what makes me feel safe, Mm. Uh, what do I like? And for different people, there's going to be different things. Like some people might love when their partner wears cologne. Some people need the lights off. Some people have different things that accelerate their pleasure and things that slow their pleasure down. And then we also each have different ratios of these things. So if you want to learn about this, there's a fantastic book that I always recommend called Come As You Are. And in Come As You Are, there's a section really early on in the book where she talks about accelerators and brakes and figuring out whether you have lots of accelerators and not as many brakes. So things that accelerate pleasure, things that slow your pleasure down. Ah. And for some people, some people have higher brakes and lower accelerators. So instead of those people going onto Google and going, why can't I have an orgasm? There's something wrong with me. (laughs) They can go, oh, okay, there's quite a few things that slow my pleasure down and not as many things that accelerate my pleasure. So you can create empowering environments in your sex life where you amplify your accelerators and you minimize your brakes so that you can have pleasure and bliss and you can bring a partner into that conversation and say, this is what I need rather than Mm. just thinking there's something wrong with you. Um, So we each have different things that we enjoy, that we like, and different people need different things in order to open, to feel safe, to get turned on. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not really taught these things and most people feel really awkward discussing stuff like that. So like, how are you supposed to know? Of course, but if you never discuss it or explore it, you could go your whole life without having the level of pleasure that's available to you. Mm, that's so interesting thanks for explaining yeah yeah I couldn't agree more about um sex ed you know we both grew up in Australia <laughs> and it, most of it was just like this is how to not get pregnant <laughs> and you lived in fear that you were gonna fall pregnant <laughs> yeah mm. yeah exactly nothing about mm. pleasure and that it's beautiful and innocent and natural and most women are taught to feel some sort of shame around yeah. or their vulva. I mean, most people don't even refer to their genitals with the proper names or they aren't taught. It's called like a pee-pee or yeah. a wee-wee or a private. <laughs> and mm. that might sound cute and all well and good. totally natural part of your body and it's actually a source of pleasure and health and well-being for you you know if you if you do have a vulva and that's what you identify with you know there's eight thousand nerve endings in your clitoris and they're not for anything other than pleasure Mm. (laughs) that's like a mic drop mic drop moment Well, look at a, a man's a man's penis, a, cis, a cisgender man's penis. It has 
functions, doesn't it? Like it wheezes and urinates and, uh, you know, like the balls are there because, you know, they're holding the testicles and they have the sperm. But a woman has an intricate and beautiful vulva with different parts and the vagina and the cervix. And I mean, there are different kinds of orgasms you can have. You can have a cervical orgasm and, Mm. you know, there's lots of different amazing pleasure pathways available to women, but your clitoris, if you have a clitoris, has 8,000 nerve endings and they don't do anything other than make you feel good. It's not for urination. It's not for giving birth. You know, even if you have gone through menopause or, you're not going to have children for whatever reason. Your clitoris is just there to bring you joy. I wanted to change tack slightly and talk about, um, so you're studying um, love, sex and relationship now. And you've sort of, because I know you quite well, I know you've gone from a confidence coach through to um, moving into this love, sex and relationship area and in that area now. Um, Would you be able to talk a bit about like how that transition happened and maybe like what, um, what drew you to it in from a confidence perspective, if that makes sense? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I've always been doing this work from the beginning. It was just channeled or communicated as a brand through this niche of confidence. But typically from the very beginning, when I think about it, the women that I've worked with were often confident in some ways. They were confident at work or you know, in their friendships, but often they had insecurities in their relationships or their body. And we've been working through those things, um, or I've been helping people to work through those things for years. I think with my brand, my brand has evolved as I've evolved. Mm. And I love to talk about confidence, but I feel like confidence isn't something that we just coach you on and then you've got it and you tick that box Mm. it is a natural byproduct of healing the roots of why you're not confident and that's what I love to do to heal the roots so I'm in this realm now the sex the love the relationships and I'm going deeper with it but that is just a huge part I think of the human experience and you know, our basic human need is for love. And so it's a huge part of every person's experience, whether they're working with me to deepen their spirituality or to manifest more money or to have more orgasms. So it's a huge piece of the work that's just naturally there. Uh, But there's other pieces as well. But I do think for most people, when you have safe, secure relationships in some capacity in your life, Mm. it massively enables you to thrive in other areas it's a lot easier to thrive if you have safe support around you you know Mm. when you're taking a big leap you're making a big investment in your business you're manifesting some crazy shit like knowing that you have someone you can call who's got your back knowing that you have a partner who isn't going to judge you knowing that you have friends who are super inspired by you and will always be there That allows Mm. you to massively thrive in other areas. So I think it's a huge piece of the work. And at the same time, my work is kind of more expansive than just the sex and the relationships for sure. And it's the confidence is, of course, part of that. I love that. I love that. (laughs) And um, 
Uh, but you're so right. Like when you're in that container and when you feel really supported, you are able to take leaps. And like, I can vouch for that as well. Like taking leaps this year with you in my business, like um, with your support, with, with my partner's support. Like, yeah, it's, it's a huge difference. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Amy, would you like to let us know um, how people can work with you, what you've got coming up? Um, this episode comes out on Friday, so feel free to mention your retreat as well that's coming up on Saturday. Oh uh, yeah, good timing. So if you are intrigued by some of the juicier pleasure sexy stuff that we've been talking about today and you want to start dipping your toe into it I am doing a half day fully online retreat on Saturday the 10th of October and it is called embodied ecstasy so it's learning how to embody a new paradigm around pleasure learning how to embrace and feel a little bit more comfortable in your sensual side which we all have uh, and how this kind of gives rise to more confidence not only in your life but in your relationships with other women because this is a huge wound mm. for a lot of women in expressing their sexuality and their sensuality and also your ability to manifest money and prosperity because these two seem separate but abundance and our sexuality and our expression in our sensual side are hugely correlated so this retreat is all about that and we are doing breath work we are doing a rebirth at the end of the session to integrate everything so it would be a really good shout if you are wanting to try rebirthing you want to try some of the stuff that i do in a more affordable kind of introductory way and then the other place that I would definitely recommend coming and connecting with me is in my monthly membership. So you can quit anytime or you can stay as long as you want. It's a rolling monthly community subscription. And every month we do a full moon breathwork ceremony. We also have a new moon manifestation masterclass where you get mentored on the theme of the month. And throughout the month, you get meditations and somatic practices so that you can integrate some healing in the area that we're focusing on. So it's a really, really amazing, abundant place and a good place to connect with other women on this journey as well. And then Indeed. my Instagram is this is Amy Rushworth and the podcast is the Amy Rushworth show. So lots of different places you can come. Thank you so much, Amy. Of course. <laughs>Hi there, my loves. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Inner Glow Getter podcast. If you had any takeaways from today, please feel free to screenshot and share this to your Instagram and tag me and today's guest at taylor.benson. And make sure you head to the Facebook group, the Wellbeing Collective. That's my Facebook group. And there'll be some bonus exclusives from every guest that is popped into that group. So make sure you're part of it to grab those bonuses. And have a beautiful day and speak to you soon in the next episode.